Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Line phone on the record. This is Brother Robert Ben Israel. This is Aboriginal Academy. Third degree class. Time is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. At this time, I'll do a brief roll call. Brother, let's see. Brother uh, Hakim, are you there? Well, I can. All right. Uh, Brother Minister Lynn, you there? And Shalom, point on the record, this is Auckland Tribe of Judah. Shalom, Akiyam. Shalom, brother. Uh, Minister Cedric, I think I heard you already, brother. Yes, sir. Shalom, brother. I was I was about to uh, get ready to text you before I realized that you were the one starting the call. <laughs> uh, true that, true that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm here, brother. Yes, sir. It looks like I guess it's going to be us three, brothers. Um, and I just received information. Uh, this is for Aquilin. I don't know if he's aware. Uh, I think a couple of the brothers had taken a brief leave of absence as of right now. So um, the only one that I think outside of us would be Brother Hakeem. So, um, Shalom, and, Brother uh, Shalom, Brother. How are you? Thank you for asking. That's what's up, Brother. That's what's up. So, yeah, like I was indicating uh, before, it looks like it's just going to be us I guess for the remainder couple of uh, weeks uh, with these discussions that we're going to go ahead and partake in. So, uh, but I guess what we will do this week is what we normally would do, uh, how Brother Priest would normally have, you know, the classes where we have the first week to sit back and uh, and just see how everybody's, you know, uh, a couple of weeks off were as well as uh, anybody bringing up any type of updates or any information anybody likes to share. And, uh, yeah, man, and then we just go accordingly and just go with the flow. So, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be us, us four brothers. So, um, but uh, I will go ahead and open the floor to anybody who wants to speak their piece. Shalom, point on the record, this is Auckland, Tribe of Judah. So the brothers that are on leaves of absence, um, are those indefinite leaves, or um, do they have a specific time frame in which we're to expect their return to, to this class? 
Uh, at this time, I will yield it to uh, the minister, Minister Shedrick. Um, for on the record, this is Minister Shedrick. From what I observed from uh, admission, I think uh, one of the brothers is going to be going until December of 2018. And the other one, uh, uh, Brother Bernard, uh, Bernard, I, I'm not sure exactly uh, the situation with him in regards to uh, how long the leave will be and when his uh, when he'll be um, resuming. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily sure, but uh, Elder Kedrick, um I was from what I was told, he was. Taking a leave for um, up until December. Shut up. Yes, sir. Uh, anybody else have anything? Um. I, I kind of wanted to uh, see Harry when uh, felt about the whole situation that is going on right. Well, I know they have um, uh, for a while now. Trump has been, you know, talking about the move to uh, relocate the embassy to the state of Israel. Uh, I know we necessarily haven't talked about it. But uh, uh, I think um, his advisor, chief advisor, Jared Kushner, which is his son-in-law, I'm assuming, he announced the other day that they were um, supposedly issuing a peace agreement between the Palestinian and the uh, Jewish state of Israel. And he told the Palestinian uh, leader, Abbas, that, you know, you know, either going to be a part of the peace agreement or we're just going to proceed without you. Now, they didn't necessarily say exactly what it was, what was in the peace agreement. However, they just announced that it's supposed to be the, it's supposed to be the deal of the century, according, according to Jerry Kushner. And he either like, you get with it or get rolled over. Um, with all of that happening in the Middle East, I was just kind of wondering, like, what do you guys thought just about that? Um, I don't have any uh, other developments about it because he isn't going to necessarily announce what is actually in the agreement until uh, September. Why? I don't know. But um, I'm just throwing that out there because I know that we just came back, and I know that we're opening the floor for discussion. That was just something I just wanted to kind of throw out there. And I you. Yes, sir, brother. Um, yeah, I heard about it myself. Um, didn't really get a chance to look in depthly into it, but I uh, did hear about uh, the move for uh, the embassy and things of that particular capacity. But uh, definitely don't have an, uh, you know, updated foundational uh, knowledge of that subject matter at this moment. But um, definitely something that we definitely want to look into to see. Uh, the movements uh, geopolitically and see how things are definitely transpiring. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, things that are happening. I mean, you know, geopolitically, domestically, and otherwise, that's really going on. And um, I think these things are really imperative um, for us to be um, cognizant of, you know, um, in uh, correlation to some of the things that we're working on that we're going to work on and uh, in conjunction with it such so um definitely important things um let me see there's a couple of things that i've kind of um kind of been t- looking at a little bit uh hold on one second let me just get some straight out. that was super weird i'm sorry brother what you say Yeah, I'm back, man. Yeah, one of the things that um, is really, really um, out there heavy is, you know, this immigration situation, man. And it's definitely something that is really put on the table and out in the forefront uh, with this nationality situation as well as um, the situation to remove certain persons from these entities and uh, how they're going ahead and moving to a different, um, uh, you know, different, you know, countries and things of that capacity. So these things is really interesting. It's a really hot topic that's going on. And one of the things that's really interesting in particular is how we look at it from us being Hebrews and a Hebrew standpoint is um, there's still that divide amongst our people, you know, um, for myself, I've been looking on, on Facebook and things of that capacity. And of course we all know here, that our people, you know, the need, particularly the Negroes and, you know, um, <clears throat> the quote unquote, Jamaicans, Haitians and Caribbean area, surrounding areas and things of that capacity have been going through their issues. But now, also, you know, the individuals who are labeled as being undocumented, as well as some people who have been here for a certain amount of time, are getting their nationality status questioned at this moment. And there still seems to be a lot of division between our people in that capacity. Like, I see a lot of situations where um, there's no empathy between the two uh, groups of people, which happen to be the quote-unquote Latinos and quote-unquote Native Americans, hacking empathy toward the black cause, quote-unquote black cause, in certain situations. And in turn, the blacks, quote-unquote blacks, having less empathy toward this Native American situation. So it's it's really really, really a trying time here, man, you know, with um, everything that we understand about our peoples, you know, 
um, with different peoples and who we are as Hebrews and things of that capacity. So it's really a trying time for our people and hopefully it gets to the point to where we start to look at these situations and it winds up turning back into our favor because now, you know, even with the police situation before it was, you know, mostly, I mean, social media has been very, very, um, you know, inspirational in terms of exposing these type of things. Whereas these things were already happening, you know, it just weren't put on front street or nor, the technology wasn't there to put those in, out in front street, but these things have always been happening. But what our people, specifically the Latino people, are noticing is that this is not just an exclusive matter to just the Negroes anymore, and that nowadays this issue is permeating over into them, their situation. But the question is now is, like, will they be able to see with this situation and be able to, uh, you know, come together as a, you know, to find out what's really going on and really come back to understanding uh, a lot of these things, these problems and try to formulate some type of solutions. So that's a major question that I definitely want to see specifically with our people. I just want to know what you brothers opinions is of that. Chill on, it's the brother Cedric. <laughs> I'm back. I, I apologize, brothers. My phone literally, when Robert was speaking, I was trying to click the speaker button, and the phone literally rebooted. And when it rebooted, it would not allow me to call back in or call at all or receive a call. So I said, well, let me just try to wait a minute. And then I gave it a minute, and it did the same thing. So I just had to reboot it all again. Sorry if I missed, uh, if you called on me or anything, um, that was the reason why I wasn't uh, able to be heard. brother, no doubt, bro. Uh, I don't know if you were able to hear any of the question or anything that I just brought up. That goes, I don't even know what was said. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, I was just, I was just asking for the brothers for, um, their uh, perspective on this issue that's going on with uh, uh, well, now at this what's being put in the forefront, you know, because of the technology now it's being put in the forefront where this thing was definitely something that wasn't, you know, visible to the general public. That now, um, this immigration and these immigration measures that are being put out there in Front Street now, and how the you know, a lot of our tribe, the tribes are you know, having less empathy toward each other. I just wanted to hear um, anybody's perspective on it and what they're kind of, what they see from their perspective on it. Oh, oh that's funny you brought that up, brother, because we were talking about this last week of uh, fellowship. Um, so I don't know uh, if anybody um, kept up what was going on, they issued a no tolerance, um, uh, was it no tolerance, uh, uh, no, uh, zero tolerance um, bill or whatever it was, where, if I'm not mistaken, of course they were obviously separating the parents from the, you know, the children, and they were deporting the parents, and I think they were, you know, putting the kids in, like, 
overseas in uh, tournament camps or something like that. Um, I forgot what the Caucasoid lady name was. She said that they were like summer camps. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, the zero tolerance policy also um, stated that any of the parents that were caught crossing the border uh, would be prosecuted and they would be incarcerated and they they would be separate. And if they were caught crossing the border along with their children, the parents would be prosecuted and the children would be separated from the parents and then also put in, in, into a tournament camp. So, it, of course, it caused an uproar in the media. And um, that I think, like, the day after or maybe that same day, if I can't recall, they I guess they kind of, like, repealed the uh, zero uh, the zero tolerance policy. Tell me why today, I kid you not, there's an article <laughs> that says that they reinstituted the zero tolerance policy because they found out that the border patrol was not enforcing it. But I assume that the border patrol wasn't enforcing it because they repealed it the day after it was instituted. If that's what I, you know, gathered from what I was following up on, and I was just like, so does anybody really know what is going on with the? immigration and the Trump administration, because I'm all confused about it, but the empathy of it. You have a lot of our brothers who are there. You, I guess we're kind of divided on the whole situation. A lot of us are looking at it like, well, nobody felt that way when the Negroes were separated from their parents. But that was, I think, that's why a so many people who were divided about the situation kind of stepped in and were just kind of like, don't separate the parents from the children. Because when, you know, our ancestors were, you know, uh, sold through the transatlantic slave trade, they separated our family. And um, they separated the, the men from their wives and children. And, you know, they were given wives, and then they also fathered children through those uh, uh, spoiled wives. And, uh, I guess now, you know, kind of almost having like a flashback, some of us who were divided felt that that's probably the reason why uh, that, you know, the parents didn't need to be separated from the children. But I was explaining to my mom because she, she, you know, didn't understand why they were separate, why they would not allow the children to go with the parents. And I was telling her um, about a scripture um, regarding the Hebrew slaves that could be applied in commerce when you talk about how the 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 woman and the child were seen as property of the masters, considering the fact that in you know war once you know the men are killed off or they're imprisoned, the women also you know are spoiled, uh, turned into booty and prize, and they then become the prop property of the of their masters. And any fruit that comes through that woman then belongs to the master. So when you, you know, increase that uh, principle on a grandeur scale such as government, you talk about the status of a a woman or a parent having children on this soil. They're basically saying, well, the children are ours because they're born on our soil. You came over here illegally, 
but you had children on our soil. So legally, they are ours because you had them on our soil. Um, and once I explained that to her, she was like, I can tell that she still didn't get it because she was looking like, well, those are the parents. But she didn't understand the property part. Um, but, of course, I wouldn't. I didn't necessarily say this, you know, outside of my home. And I guess, you know, because the principle of that scripture is not discussed as a whole uh, in the community, uh, so people don't really understand the whole immigration thing, it's like they're Mexican and we're, Af- quote, unquote, Af- they're, quote, unquote, Mexican and we're, quote, unquote, African-Americans. And, you know, you know, for most of us, the Mexicans are kind of pushed on us as a threat because, oh, they're going to take all the jobs away. Um, they, you know, they work off of the benefits that African-Americans were able to get through the civil, you know, uh, civil rights and things like that and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a, I, I heard a lot of different things about it, uh, about the situation uh, regarding people having empathy for uh, the, uh, the immigrants. But what I also noticed is that, you know, they were locking up people who, uh, who were immigrants and they were legalized. They, they were legalized and they were getting incarcerated and people were still didn't have any empathy. It was, oh, well, they are Mexican. That's almost kind of the same logic that they apply to Muslims. Well, see, I don't feel any sympathy because they're Muslim. And that's, and, and the media has a major hand in trying to create this divide between blacks and everybody. It seems like we have to be conditioned to hate everybody, and then in turn, everybody hate us, but they love each other or have a passive aggressiveness towards each other and still be able to deal in commerce uh, somewhat amicably. Or, you know, there's a kiss behind kind of mentality with some of these people, but nonetheless, they stick together and then they kind of promote this conditioned hate. between us and everybody else outside of us. Um, that's kind of just my thoughts on it. I kind of shared most of it on uh, the fellowship last week, Thursday. Um, I don't know exactly what was said when I wasn't here, but that's just kind of what my thoughts were about it, brother, and I yield. Yeah, stop that, brother. Definitely some interesting points you made there, brother. Absolutely. Uh, Brother Hakeem, what do you think, bro? You got to say, man. Well, so there's a couple issues. I want to first start off with the the point that I wanted to make about the – it kind of ties into what was just said, but the – confusion about it and uh, so there's I guess a certain process or method because it's like that I want to uh, start off with like you try to you try to go to search out information as far as dealing with the uh, 
this president president's current policy on immigration and like this, you mentioned the zero tolerance so I, the reason why I was talking about the confusion is like in order to find out the proper information in in this situation to really be able to give uh, a balanced my balanced perspective this information is uh, not brand new to me I've been looking into it a little bit but as far as like I, I spoke on the confusion uh, because of what Brother uh, Cedric was saying about his uh, relative. So like I'm saying that when I brought up the, the process of a method to be able to search for the information, like if like, uh, you were to like try to explain it as if it was from a trying to explain this from a government law and commerce perspective to try to simplify it to be able to explain it to like a five year old so they would in the simplest terms so they would be would not be confused. Because I know, like, uh, he, uh, there's, a, I guess, what it's called, uh, the, the term that Brother Cedric used, like, he said some date, uh, some type of camp, but he said, it's not coming to me. It's on the tip of my tongue, but it's not coming to me. But, like, from those two sides, explaining it to uh the adults that don't know about it and also explaining it to it in the case of the uh, children that are, I guess, being separated and uh, also placed somewhere else. That's why I brought up the the simplification. But I'm trying to, I guess, Collate um, different information, and uh, I've been searching, and it's it's just at the data stage right now. It's not really it's not really information. It's still at the data stage. That's why I'm saying I'm trying to have a balanced uh, perspective in order to uh, express my thoughts on it. But I know uh, actually that I guess try uh, before I yield the uh, main point that I wanted to speak upon as far as confusion, like uh, kind of like a solution. 
maybe during this discussion we could possibly from uh, our studies in and this curriculum maybe come up with uh, what I would describe as a uh, I guess uh, maybe I would describe it as a Uh, what if what if it was us having having to uh what if it was tribes that was having to take up uh take up this task and I yield Get off of that brother. Um take up this particular task. Um, you know, one of the things that, yeah, one of the things that we already have established, definitely, I know Brother Priest always talks about, is the whole asylum situation, having political asylum, which is supposed to be um, the whole, you know, crux of what the whole Temple of the Most High is established for. Definitely political asylum. Um, now, as far as we take the task on it, that would definitely have to be um, well thought out in terms of um, how we can go about approaching it. But it is definitely something that we definitely want to look into, and that's pretty much partially why I like to stay, you know, remotely, you know, aware and abreast and conscious of situations like that because. Um, they're dealing with our people, and the objective is to, uh, as part of the government for these people, is to provide that form of protection, to provide that type of um, uh, entity that can kind of be a remedy for another entity that is causing certain things now. The whole objective of it is there has to be certain conditions that definitely would have to be met in order for them to uh, be taken in to a form of asylum. And that's something that uh, we definitely have to, we have to get a little bit more um, strategic in that aspect before we can take on such a task. But it definitely is something that we definitely can look into, brother. But uh, yeah, so good, good uh, stuff there, brother. Um, I hope that, that that would answer your question. Todakan, are you? Yeah, brother. Shalom. Hold on for just a second, because I'm kind of confused. Okay, brother Hakeem, I wasn't. Can I, I'm not understanding 
what exactly you were referring to, and I'm hoping you and 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 this is so that I can better understand exactly what you're saying, so that I can make sure that I'm clear on how I you know approach certain topics because when you explained what you were saying, I was kind of lost. I didn't even know exactly what points of mind that was confusing. And I was just kind of wondering exactly, specifically, what could have, what did I say that could have been said a different way or could have been taken, uh, could have been said with a different approach? I mean, because I was still, I was lost and I didn't understand exactly what you were trying to say. Okay, so with Brother Robert, he was saying the empathy. Mm -hmm. So going into that, uh, the people's mindset, I I was saying they they probably were uh, in a state of confusion. Okay. So that's that's why I was using that uh, that term. Um, I was making references to, to um, some of the uh, points that you were making, okay. but uh, while I was expressing my thoughts, I was trying to uh, actually come at it from the path of uh, of being in um this curriculum okay. and use and using what um we have been exposed to to uh reason through the uh question that brother Robert had posed are you okay Minister Lynn, how about you, brother? Yeah, Shalom. Well, you know, I follow this stuff daily. I mean, I I think I probably spend more time... I think I probably spend more time swiping away notifications on my phone than actually doing work on my job because I'm always plugged into, um, you know, what's happening. And, you know, I got to I gotta say, I mean, people have, uh, you know, bad feelings, negative feelings towards uh, Trump, you know, for a number of different reasons. I, to be honest, I love the guy. I think he's funny as hell. <laughs> um, just because, you know, it's it's not that I don't have empathy for the plight that people are going through because I understand that a lot of times your behavior is really um, proctored by your level of awareness. So this is the type of reaction that you get when people don't actually know their status. You know, they 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 think that their status is one thing and it's something completely different. And 
you know, the 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 people have been so dumbed down until they don't have the requisite skills with observational science to be able to reason um, from a, you know, normally, like if you're looking at a timeline, you'll uh, start on your left hand and then you'll end up um, on your right hand. So it's a, it's a left to right progression forward. A lot of times what works, because if, if you think about this, um, you know, people always say, well, hindsight is twenty twenty. A lot of times to sort of discern hidden meanings, and this actually works um, when you're um, in the scriptures, you have to go from right to left. So the thing is, is that, you know, you telling me I'm free, you know, you telling me this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, that's on the, that's on the right-hand side of the spectrum. But all of my treatment and all of my oppression and all of my, um, you know, the, the, this, this, these, these plights and tribulations that I'm having to deal with don't really denote, you know, what you're telling me from, you know, a, a, a standpoint of status. But again, I mean, the people are, you know, e even when they feel as though they get transgressed against, and, you know, Negroes are real good for doing this. Well, I thought that such and such, well, I mean, you, you're saying what you thought, but what is your actual life circumstance? What is your treatment? The treatment denotes that what you think needs to be revisited. And so, you know, with respect to um, the refugees, you know, it's tough to see, it's tough to, to see people have to go through that sort of thing, not because of, of necessarily the visual. My thing is the scriptures say thou shalt not lie. And it's not so much that the the government or the um the the handlers of the public it's not so much that they're lying but they are not being they're not they are not giving full disclosure and that that is to me um what is the most tragic part about it because you know my thing is you know I play the game but you know I need to know the rules and the thing is is that if I don't know the rules how can I ever expect to win you know how can I ever um you know, hope to, you know, develop some some skill at it. So first and foremost, what needs to happen, you know, if, if there's anything that, you know, I think, you know, our, um, you know, nation, our body politic can do to sort of affect some positive change, um, I think, you know, we have to be, open and uh, honest with respect to trying to at least paint a picture for those that are interested of what is, what's the mechanism that's driving what you see, um, you know, what you see in the, in the news, you know, what you see in the media, because again, without having any, uh, you know, fundamental comprehension of matters in law, it's it's real easy for you to, you know, sort of have your heartstrings uh, pulled and to be uh, tugged in the direction of really um, wanting to be sympathetic. But the thing is, is you know, the, these people are going through this stuff for pretty much the same reason, um, you know, that we went through it. 
and it, I mean, it's, it's fundamental ignorance with respect to law. And it's either fundamental ignorance with respect to law or willful um, disobedience to it. And so when I look at, when I look at, you know, how this administration under um, President Trump, you know, is treating, you know, these, these quote unquote uh, immigrants or these, these refugees, when I look at how he's, um, you know, what he's done as far as enforcing, you know, the laws that are on the books, um, I, I think to some degree the media has portrayed him as a monster and a bully. And that goes a long way um, towards people having, um, you know, just this you know, negative impression and this disdain. But the thing is, is that <clears throat> I was reading an article today. Well, well, it wasn't an article. It was a, one of the news outlets that I follow. Um, one of the reporters was saying that Obama deported way more uh, immigrants than Trump has. But you never heard about it. But you know there there's objective, factual information that records that his administration was definitely more, um, you know, from a number standpoint, they they had more of an impact. But because this guy, um, you know, has been portrayed to be sort of a villain, I mean, it's something that this this liberal media you know, they sort of play up on, um, and and it's unfortunate because at the end of, at the, end of the day, it, it's, it's political games, and, you know, when you get right down to it, people's lives are, are you know, definitely being uh, impacted negatively. Now, with that being said, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm a nationalist, and whatever they're going through, I feel as though it pales in comparison to what our people are going through. You know, it, it's, it's just unfortunate that the world can look at these immigrants, um, which, you know, these refugees that are really, let's call them what they are, they're transgressors, right? <laughs> I mean, fundamentally, you're a transgressor. That, that's the reason why you're going through this. And they can look at, you know, the fact the them being a different persuasion and actually have some 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 empathy and some regard for it. But, you know, when our people uh, go through the same issues, now granted, I, I know what the scriptures say, you know, with respect to what we was going to experience from turning away from those, from those laws. I get that, but it's still surreal to basically see over the last several years are people getting gunned down in the streets for the same offenses that other nationalities actually um, are allowed to have their day in court and to uh, a greater or lesser degree avoid, um, you know, having their lives uh, catastrophically impacted due to being incarcerated. I mean, the the adjudications are it, it, it's definitely, um, you know, a favoritism, and we always get the worst end of the stick. So, I mean, as much as I can say, 
Yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, to have, you know, families being separated. You got kids in one location, parents in another location. Um, I, I, I get that, but at the end of the day, you know, this North American Negro, we, we, we have swaths of our people that are, um, you know, that, that have had the transition because they were murdered for offenses. It's like the punishment didn't fit the crime. So, you know, it's, it's only so much, um, it's only so much regard, you know, I can give that situation. At the end of the day, um, everybody in this nation learns and we're brought back up to an estate where we comprehend government law and commerce. And, and, you know, regardless to, you know, personal feelings about it, the fact of the matter is, is that there is a lawful means by which to obtain um, Roman bond servitude on this land. And if you're going outside of that construct, then those that are in a position of fiduciary responsibility over this public trust have every right uh, to curtail that. So, I mean, that's that's what a trustee does. <laughs> you know, they 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 ensure that um, the beneficial interests in the vehicle that they're responsible for is appropriated first and foremost, to the beneficiaries. That's all they're doing. You know, in the language of law, that's what they're doing. So it's no emotion with that. It's no, you know, it shouldn't be any feelings tied to it. You know, it should be understood that they're carrying out their fiduciary responsibility with respect to what's been placed in their trust, um, you know, and and their obligations uh, to the public. You know, so those are <clears throat> those are just my thoughts on the on the immigration situation. Um, additionally, I was kind of troubled by um, Representative Maxine Waters, uh, who's you know basically she's she's encouraging. Um, you know, almost a, a a vocal protest of Trump and his administration. <clears throat> now she's definitely doing it in a like in a non uh, parliamentary way. Uh, you know, going outside of of protocols, and you know, I don't generally get into get into uh, politics. You know, I don't choose a side because. I, I could care less about, um, you know, their their political machine, you know, pol- um, you know, Republican, Democrat. I mean, I think all of us here are like theocrats, so, you know, that's not that's not our venue. Um, but you know, I would say that it it seems that just from a civility standpoint, um, the left is way more savage and bestial than the right is. Mm. Um, in in many ways, if you look at what's going on from a policy uh, standpoint, you know, one of the one of the, the um one of the issues 
and I was just talking to somebody about that this week. You have to really, when you're listening to, to these guys, uh, these po- politicians speak in the public, you have to really, it's, it's just like the scriptures. If you want to properly interpret what is recorded in the scriptures, you have to do your best. Well, well, one, you got to have somebody that knows it, the, the, the some of that stuff you ain't going to get if somebody that actually knows it doesn't tell you. So, you know, that's pretty, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But, but the other thing is you have to try to put yourself, and this is for any literary content, but it's, it's particularly uh, relevant to um, scriptural uh, pursuits, studies. You have to put yourself as close as you can into the state of mind of the individual that wrote or recorded um, or made the record. If if you don't do that, if you don't make an attempt to do that, there you're going to be a standard deviation or a number of standard deviations away from ground zero of what those that particular passage or that particular chapter or that particular book you're going to be a number of, you won't be in alignment completely with the meaning of what you're reading so for example i'm just going to just just give a a um, a practical example so this is and this is one of the things that I see a lot people you know making comments about I just don't understand this, I don't understand, so a lot of what happens from a a public policy standpoint most of the time you'll see as a defense mechanism for policies that seem to have nothing to do with with quote unquote national security you'll see these decisions being made and then the um the reasoning behind it is well it's a national security issue it's a nat- this is national security so um how is russia dealing with uh, a seditious rebel faction within a former territory that was actually a part of their union, how does Russia coming in and, and trying to make these Confederates um, abide by the terms and conditions of agreements that they've entered into, how is that a threat to your national security? Because <laughs> the thing is that, <laughs> because the thing is is, <laughs> The thing Maybe, is, that's a good question. Say, say again. I said that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, halfway around the world, I mean, you you don't you have absolutely zero. Um, I mean, you know, let 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 let's keep it real. The the who's sitting in the seat of authority, um, with respect to the U.S. corporation right now, is a reflection of the spirit of 
this corporation. Exceptionalists, you want to hold everybody else to the to the letter of law and the rule of law but yourself. You want to uh, basically be a bully to the whole planet. And then if somebody, they don't even have to hit you in the mouth. If they speak against slapping you in the face, then you want to threaten them with nuclear annihilation. At the end of the day, I would say from a from a militaristic standpoint, um, you know, if you're just looking at it from from a perspective of pure numbers, yeah, the the United States is a tough out, but numbers don't necessarily tell the whole tale because if that was the case, then why did they lose the Vietnam War? So. I'm bringing all this up to say, getting back to my point, when you talk about national security, you have to understand what that actually means. When they're referring to national security, they're not really referring to, in most cases, they're not really referring to um, a military threat. What they're referring to are economic threats because this is a corporation. It's a corporation, a, a mother corporation that's, that's made up of uh, child corporations, and it's a for-profit enterprise. Let's just keep it real. That's what the United States is. That's what America is. It's a for-profit enterprise. Shalom, so, um, brother, really quick. I have yes, a question sir. for you. So, in regards to what you're saying, uh, speaking on national security, are you uh, saying that the national security that is being uh, preached about in terms of the United States, they're talking about their uh, their national interests both domestically and foreignly? Is that the national security you're talking about? Because you just said economic, but I wanted to make sure that we're talking about no, national uh, interest, like they have, you know, partnerships and deals with all these, you know, uh, companies throughout the different countries and stuff like that. Are, is that what you're referring to, brother? That that is, in in a general sense, that is what I'm referring to. National interest, okay. specifically, what I'm referring to is profits. Okay, and that is that, that is that, even that, more sense. Yeah, yeah. That that is what they mean when they say it's a national security issue, they're talking about profits. You, the, the common people think that they're talking about border security and, you know, uh, military threats, you know, being, they, they're not referring to that at all. They're not referring to that at all. But the thing is, is that, again, the masses are so dumbed down in matters of government law and commerce that, they don't comprehend it. You know, when, when you know, Trump went out and pushed them to pass the tax cuts, you know, the, 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 the tax laws, and they're, they're, every time you hear um, them talking about taxes, um, you hear that in the, in the uh, public sphere, it's always this war that the, the media manufactures between um, 
the rich and the poor. The rich don't pay um, taxes. You know, the, the rich don't pay as many taxes. You know, we're, we're getting uh, less of a tax cut. You know, those individuals that have jobs, you know, we're getting less of a tax cut than, um, than these corporations. Okay. Again, it, 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 it's your state of mind. So you can sit there and argue that point, or you can think about it from a perspective of, well, okay, maybe I need to change my status and position myself to be in the class that actually can benefit chiefly from these tax cuts and from this public policy. But people don't think like that. People don't think like that. People think about seeking pleasure. People think about remaining willfully ignorant. You know, they think about, um, you know, just keeping it easy. You know, I'll go work this job. You know, I, I talk to people day in and day out that are lost in the sauce, and they they, they living in the matrix, and they just find it's, it's just a fear. You know what I'm saying? We had a had a recent layoff, um, you know, at, at my, my job. It, it's just been a round of layoffs. And to see how some of these, quote, unquote, grown folks, act when they come in into um, the office one day and they get noticed that, you know, their services are no longer required and they just go off, you know, um, belligerent, um, ill-behaved. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it is, again, knowing what I know, and, and, and uh, let me just share this. I'm, I'm going to share this. So, I had a director that um, ended up rolling into his position maybe a like maybe around nine months ago. It was some collu- some collusion with, that was going on because my organization is kind of like a good old boy network, and he ended up getting uh, getting getting promoted from being an architect to being a director. Now he. Um, really had like a smug attitude. I didn't really care for the for the guy, but I mean we we never had any like personal um clashes or what have you. He just was kind of a jerk to work for. <laughs> so he ended up maybe and I'm I'm working home one day about three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, and I ended up getting an emergency call from my manager. Hey, um Bryce says that you gotta get on uh, we got to get on the call. There's a, a um, uh, important announcement that he's going to make in a, in a meeting at 915. So immediately, because of, of the tone of her voice and some of uh, what has happened in the past, I'm thinking to myself, okay, somebody got fired, <laughs> you know, and maybe it was me. <laughs> so I ended up calling in to, to um, you know, the call, and the VP was like, you know, we make some organizational changes and certain people got let go. So they, they got rid of some cotton pickers, like people at my level, um, which to me was kind of shocking because I was like, you know, they normally trim any place I've ever been. The first trimming has always come from uh, middle management because, you know, they have the uh, the numbers from a salary standpoint. In most cases, when you're trying to fudge the books to, to show a profit, you know, you get rid of the the, uh, the overseers first. So come to find out my director had got fired and then two um, staff 
level people got fired as well. So really didn't see that one coming, but I was just like, wow. So now this guy is like 50, I want to say he's about 53, 52, 53 years old. So normally when people leave, we always try to schedule a, like a going away lunch. And they had a going away lunch for him. And I actually ended up going to it and and showing up, um, you know, just to, you know, say farewell, wish him well, or what have you. I just try to keep it professional. And I ended up talking to him, and he, I was like, yeah, man, um, it was tough luck, you know, didn't see that one coming. He was like, yeah, me neither. But, you know, I got um, a number of opportunities lined up. I got four uh, um, irons in the fire. I got three interviews next week, and, um, you know, hopefully I'll I'll, I'll land something soon. Now, normally, if I would say this, before I got in the nation, if I had heard something like that, it would not have resonated with me how terribly wrong that perspective was. I just would have been like, well, yeah, you know, that's cool. Um, it's a good thing that you landed on your feet, right? But because my thinking has been reshaped, <laughs> with respect to, you know, as a man, how you're actually supposed to um, produce and then comprehending what servitude actually is, I looked at him and I I, I was like, I'm thinking to, to myself, so you basically just got let go from one plantation and you running as fast as you can to find another master and to get on another plantation at 54. And it's nothing that resonates within you to say, man, I've been doing this for 30, 35 years, you know, working for somebody else. You know, maybe I need to try to capture some security in a different way. But that never comes up. That never comes up. You know, most people, they are comfortably ignorant with respect to their true status. And I know that was was kind of long-winded. But if you look at everything that's going on, the reason why you see so much confusion, so much misunderstanding, so much dismay, so much tragedy is because people people love a lie, and they actually hate the truth. And if you ask somebody that question straight up, they they wouldn't say that. But if you look at the behavior and how they conduct themselves, you can you can deduce that that is the state of mind. Well, it's too it's too difficult to go out here and and get up every day with the same motivation that you know I'm gonna go out here and get it, and we're gonna roll with that. You know what I'm saying? If I don't get it. 
I'm going to try it the next day, and I'm going to keep doing it. You know, that self-discipline and that resilience and, and, and perseverance, I mean, when you're going – and you, when you're going out, you know, to these jobs and you you basically begging for bread, you're not taking any risks. And so, even the public, from a public policy standpoint, they recognize that. That's why you're on the low. You're 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 on the you're the low man on the totem pole. Totem pole, when it comes down to having tax relief, you're not taking no risks. So why why do you think that you should benefit more so than the individual that's actually going out there rolling the dice? But nobody, again, nobody will go from right to left and reverse engineer this thing to understand why the status quo is what it is. So... I'm gonna stop right there. It's a lot more um, that I that I can uh, go into, but I don't want to. I don't want to take over the call. Um, but yeah, those are, are are my thoughts on what's going on. And um, yeah, brother, I, I I'll leave it at that. Shalom. Oh no, no, Minister Shetty, I just want to briefly say, um, I I enjoyed that conversation. I I love it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there was something you said about. Uh, applying uh, things in an original context and, and why certain people don't understand why uh, things transpire in this country uh, because of lack of originality. I, uh, if we don't remember anything else, uh, there's something I learned um, from a political theory class. Uh, we, call some, we call that con- uh, originalism or textualism. And that's to be able to, or originalism uh, or textualism versus non-originalism, which simply means basically uh, applying uh, the original intent to a legal document. Uh, we tried to do that one time when we were talking about the Constitution and um, uh, in regards to Negro slaves and uh, were the laws uh, written during the time um, to benefit Negro slaves, and we were trying to, you know, figure out if we applied the logic of the people who actually wrote the Constitution versus the people who were interpret, interpreting the Constitution later on after it was written. Um, and you made uh, some very, very important points about how uh, it's important to kind of go back in uh the minds of the people who actually wrote it and always going to be according to, you know, the course of law. So if anything, you always want to stick with that. Um, but nonetheless, I just want to throw that out there um, and say that I understand what you were saying, Brother Nayil. Yes, sir. Today for that, Brother. Yeah, very interested. Uh, ball is dropped, man. Very interesting, man. And just the kind of just a portion, a micro portion of what the brother really was touching on in terms of um, economically, man. There's an article out there. Um, I can pull it up, but I don't know if I necessarily want to pull it up. It's just it's a matter of uh, discussion. Um, that's just touching on that. 
in I think the Bay Area and San Francisco, Oakland area, where they're allowing a lot of the citizens out there. This this is how crazy out there, man, with the housing and all of that, the cost of living and everything. Now the houses from what I'm getting able to gather, a lot of those properties out there are valued at one point two million dollars. A lot of the properties. Out there in California specifically, the housing prices have ballooned so much that it's it's so it's it's almost really, really damn near impossible for any average working person to be able unless you just want to just you know, you just stay in the improper capacity, you know, uh state of mind consciousness of course. But um any reasonable person to look at that situation there and be like, ah, oh, man, that's that's bugged out. But um, for what I was just going to touch on is, I don't know if any of you brothers saw it, they were saying that they're allowing a lot of the citizens out there who make $100,000 a year or better to apply for affordable housing out there. I think that's what Hold on. Let me, let me try to pull it up, brothers. Hold on one second. Okay, it says, definition of low income continues to evolve in Bay Area. As the cost of Bay Area housing is on the rise, the definition of low income continues to evolve. According to a report, excuse me, by the Marin Independent Journal, the federal government now says a family of four living in San Francisco, Marin, and San Mateo can earn as much as $117,000 a year and still qualify for some affordable housing programs. That's up more than 10% and is the highest level anywhere in the country. A family of four earning $73,000 annually would be considered very low income. Government officials say the subsidies offered by the government to low-income families are not likely to help much with the high cost of housing here. That's because the median price for rentals in the Bay Area is between $2,500 and $3,500 dollars a month um 2500 and 3500 a month and yeah that's the article man i mean that's just one small facet of it from an economic standpoint and uh i've, I've even seen you know i mean the homelessness from what i'm able to gather out in that area in that region is just like it's, it's bananas um from the bay area going all the way down to uh los angeles is is just out of control. I mean, the people are just at that certain situation, just straight up walking away from their properties. They can no longer be able to afford it. And then recently with 
the Federal Reserve uh, hiking up the interest rates is going to make it that much more crazier with a lot of these other particular things that people use, these instruments that they're using that are affected by those rates. So a lot of these people, man, it's going to get a whole lot worse for a lot of these people. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even whereas back in the past, man, you were able to have the job security, go, you know, go to college and go get your degree and you go get a house and you go live the quote-unquote American dream, that is no longer feasible anymore for the average, of course, slave, you know, with that state of mind consciousness because the housing is is just ridiculously out of the average person's means. I mean, that's crazy. The property is going for $1.2 million out there. I mean, because everybody in their mom is pretty much wanting to relocate out there because I know tons of people who are saying, oh, let me go. Yeah, I want to move to Los Angeles. I'm going to Cali. I'm going to Cali. That is where this thing is striking up that bubble, man, to the point to where it's it's just it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy, man. Like, you can't be able to properly afford to live out in those particular areas. But I also saw a a map where it showed all of the different uh, states around the country to where um, if one would be able to maintain a certain amount of living, what's the from a you know from a slave perspective, how much they would have to earn in order to have a comfortable uh, adjusted living, and you know one of my, my state is one of the highest in the country. Um, as a matter of fact, I think California, one area, a couple areas in California definitely take the top um, couple of uh, places in that regard. But, it, you know, it, anyway, man, it's just like everything economically, politically, and otherwise is Brother Robert? Uh, Robert, are you there? I thought he cut off. Oh, Oh, man. To black. Brother, you there? Uh, Robert? Was that uh, Arthur King? He faded the black, brother. He'll be back. Oh, because <laughs> I, I thought I heard him talk. Okay, I was just about to ask him a question regarding, um, well, I, I guess more so of like a confirmation because he said that basically um, they were allowing uh, families who make like uh, who can make up to uh, at least a hundred thousand dollars a year, maybe. Um, to qualify for uh, was it low income housing or something like that? I think that's what he said. Am I correct? Yeah, that's what he said. So, and I could just be wrong. Is it safe to say that the poverty levels in California has increased due to uh, the, I guess you can say, the citizens' interest in the housing market out there? 
I would because I'm pretty sure that probably when you talk about poverty line, that consists of a whole lot of different things. But I would just speak on just the housing aspect of it. All just one the, the uh, housing the housing issue being one aspect of how to identify the poverty line or poverty level in anybody's area. I would assume that if they're now telling people in California that you can make seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year and still qualify for low income housing, which would to me sound like the poverty level has increased in California. And I was kind of gonna, I guess you could say, get some insight about that, or brother, uh, Minister Robert, what are your thoughts about that? Does that sound about right, or am I missing something, or maybe I'm skewing something, or maybe I'm reaching? What are your thoughts? Nah, brother. I mean, I was saying, man, right on target. I mean, it's it's just, man, it's definitely it's definitely something where. Um, it's going to be an adjustment to people's definite way of life. Um, it's definitely going to be some changes. I kind of did a, uh, you know, a, a recording on that where I touched on those type of things where uh, people's lifestyles are definitely going to change. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really going to be a disaster coming forward. So I, I would have to say, I, I kind of agree with you, brother, with that. I yield. No. I have another question for you in regard to the same conversation. If I'm not mistaken, you stated that, uh, okay, hold on. First of all, you you were saying something about uh, uh, New York being the second in something to making the most, uh, allowing you to make the most income a year or something like that? Uh, Well, one of the things I mentioned was that it's one of the most expensive markets oh, okay. um, in the country in terms of, yeah, uh, in terms of rental payments mm-hmm. uh, per year, as well as actually, and even to to make a proper living, it's probably one of the uh, most expensive. So, yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. I, think, I, I misunderstood. Uh, but, okay, I got what you're saying, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem, no problem, brother. No, we just shooting the breeze, man. But one, a couple of the places that you know where one can make it with underneath, well, I think it's fifteen dollars an hour, is I think on that list it was New Mexico, uh, a couple of other places were underneath twenty dollars an hour where you had to make it. Um, definitely. Um, it's definitely uh, raising up, man. It's definitely um, cost of living is going to be outrageous um, for a lot of people to be able to, if they don't really take heed to some of the the, the remedies that needs to be affixed here and get out of work in these jobs and understand proper methods of sustainability, um, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be really crazy, especially like the brother minister just mentioned, the dependency on these jobs. Uh, you know that that is going to do more harm because there was also another article that pointed out that working a job works more against you, and it had a graph that talked about it works more against you than it does for you. And of course, we have to factor in a lot of the things tying into that, which is like. 
inflation and, you know, understanding, uh, like you mentioned before, uh, Cedric, you mentioned that one of the things to understand a healthy economy is looking at property and real estate. That's one of the ways you can be able to ascertain an economy, right. a healthy economy. If the real estate and the, the propensity of people to purchase real estate is on a decline, but the price is on the upcline, it's definitely a something to where um, it shows the unhealthiness of an economy. And that's one of the major facets. And being that that's one of the main things uh, for our sustenance and existence, it's definitely going to be something that's going to be very, very, um, it's going to be crazy for a lot of our people. And I don't know if you brothers see it, but I know up here you got the Ashkenazis out here. They're patrolling a lot of these areas. And they they are paying attention to these type of things at this moment right now. They're pulling their resources together. They're snatching up a lot of these properties along with a lot of these hedge funds, these investment. Uh, just like Brother Minister Lynn said, you know, one of the things you want to do is definitely change your status and take advantage of some of these entities that are getting in the game. A lot of the people who are sweeping up a lot of these properties are foreign investors. A lot of people who are getting these properties because the average person can't get into the market. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy for you to get into this market. I mean, it's not saying it can't be done. It can be done if you use creative methods. But, you know, if you're not as well uh, fluent in terms of finance and things of that capacity, you can jam yourself up really seriously, man. And um, that's the thing. Like the brother of the minister said, one of the things, get yourself involved in it, get the status corrected. That's exactly what the brother, brother priest has been telling us to do for the longest period of time, man. This is where we're coming to. And everything is showing, and it's showing economically, financially, and otherwise. This is why we're here in this third degree. We got announced by putting forth the application because, especially us, you know, with the level of knowledge and information we've been able to garner, we definitely got to talk about these things and strategize and definitely make some things happen, especially for our own, if we're going to establish uh you know within our own uh nation that's definitely something we really have to especially this degree have to look into these things economically politically and otherwise these things are major majorly important and especially when we do the outreach the outreach is important to be able to educate the people who are not paying attention to these things that are transpiring economically politically and otherwise to wake the hell up, man. Wake the hell up because, you know, a lot of changes about to happen. There's a major paradigm shift that's about to happen. I don't think a lot of these people even know about, you know, the the debate between paper currencies and these cryptocurrencies. I don't even know if a lot of people are aware of these type of things. They don't even know about, you know, some of these um, trade agreements that's happened, that's on the table, that they're still negotiating about, which can affect their lives and their livelihood. I mean, these things definitely have to be some things that our people really have to pay attention to because our people who are poor, you know, say most most of our people, I'm not going to say 
all of our people. I think it's like maybe a couple small percentage of our people actually um, flourish. But still, even when they flourish, they still are at a disadvantage economically than our counterparts, you know, quote, quote, unquote, Caucasian counterparts economically. So the system economically is definitely something that's going to work against even us as a people. So when these people are, are people, I see, sit back here and I see our people out here talking about get the bag. And yeah, you got to get it. You got to go get that. And thinking that's the remedy is completely, completely confused because that's not the remedy. And, you know, I was talking to a couple of other people like, that's not going to do it for you because, you know, you already see what's popping off with a lot of um, the people who are making money. A lot of people who are, who are, you know, quote, unquote, the wealthy of our people, you know, they're letting you know what it is. huh? You know what I'm saying? They're like, mm-hmm. I don't, it don't matter about that. You know what I'm saying? We ain't worried about that. It's all coming down to your status. That's what it all comes back to, man. And I'm just so thankful that I had the opportunity to commune with you brothers. I'm going to have the opportunity, Brother Priest, to really impose that upon us so we can be able to understand it with much more clarity here. And, yeah, man, brothers, yeah, it's time for us to buckle up, man, because things are starting to get real. I yield, man. Um, uh, Shalom, uh, brother. I have a question for you. Do you, considering the fact that um, what is going on in California, which I'm pretty sure can be widespread considering the fact that is, I, I guess you kind of almost, I guess you could say, assume it'll be a trickle, a trickle down effect. Um, Cause usually sometimes it is uh, with the um, state of California increasing, uh, or I guess you can say allowing a, a certain type of tax bracket to apply for low-income housing. And you talk about uh, the cost of living going up. You think that run, we run, we eventually run the risk of inflation later on or maybe sooner than later, maybe? If not, uh, we're already suffering that maybe. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been kind of paying attention to some of the things and, I do believe that the way they approach the inflation definitely, definitely see it seeping in. But I think of the inflation in certain situations are going into other different pockets. And yeah. I mean, when when you think about just working a job, um, with the way the prices are going up, whether not just housing, but just consumer items and things like that, right. a lot of the people don't have the wages or the salaries or they don't have, like the brother mentioned too, you talked about a lot of people can laid off. <clears throat> and when the people get laid off, there there is still not enough jobs or the same type of job that can replace that job that you had that was once the lucrative job. You have to now, like a lot of people, I'm not saying this is all across the board, but I'm just saying like a lot of people now have to sit back here and work. Wait, wait a minute. There was some article. I wish I had it where they said that the way I forgot how they phrased it, but it said something along the lines of in order for a person in 
to afford a certain type of living, I think for the properties out there, you would have to, oh man, I can't remember, but it said something that the average working person would have to work a hundred and something hours a week in order. Yeah, there was there was a article. I can't recall it. I, I gotta find it. I'll find it. I'll bring it forth in the class, which is the equivalent of like what is it like three, three uh full time jobs. Yeah. To be able to sustain a proper living, especially with what's going on in California. You know what I mean? And it's going on around the country. You have different markets that kind of are a little bit the way, you know, the, the you know, the housing is a little bit more affordable in these other different geographic regions. But in areas such as that, it's going to be a disaster, man. It's going to be a disaster. You know, that's what they said. I can't remember it. It said the equivalent of 110, 120 some hours a week you would have to work in order to maintain a decent living. So, and which, if you're trying to do part time work, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it, man. You know what I'm saying? You're out of game, bro. And, man, listen, man, our people got to get back into, like Minister Lynn touched on, we get in the game and understand the status. We got to get into this game, you know. And us brothers here, with our wealth of information and understanding, thanks to the Brother Priest and the Most High Almighty gives it to all of us, we got to definitely, we're we're very important here, man. You know, we're very, very important to, uh, help our people to understand what's going on here. A lot of our people don't even understand what inflation is, you know, and that's that's not a good thing. People understand it. They look at it like, okay, yeah, you know, dang, this this pack of chips was fifty dollars, fifty cent, no, twenty five cent. Now it's a dollar twenty five in certain areas. Dollar twenty five now to get a little small bag of chips, but they don't really know why that is. You know what I'm saying? And they're not economically. I'm not even. I'm learning myself every single day, but it's imperative that I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's imperative that we do it. You know what I mean? We definitely have to be able to at least get some type of understanding of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? And, yo, it's... it's so, yes, sir. Yeah, so uh, I, I want to address something with, with respect to inflation. What you're seeing is not inflation. I'm going to tell you why. Because you have to understand that over the last, basically since the um, Great Recession in 2008, the Federal Reserve has been essentially running negative interest rates. Zero, and in some cases, less than zero interest rates. When you when when you have zero, the lower you go on your interest rates, that actually is deflationary because right. it sets prices lower. Exactly. When you raise when you raise interest rates, it, that's inflationary. And if you notice, they've had a hard time getting above one one and a half percent. What you're really seeing is a economy in flux. And those inefficient 
just like just like you say, um, this this whole dream about having job security that, um, you know, our to some degree, our grandparents and our parents experienced on their jobs where they would have um, have these jobs for like thirty thirty five years. Mm-hmm. A lot of that manual labor really that started being phased out in the in the eighties um, as the uh, United States has moved from a from mostly a manufacturing and an industrial mm-hmm. um, economy to more of a service economy. So okay. when you brought right. when they when they brought in the service um, that that whole um, service paradigm, those were knowledge workers. So those individuals require more education. They require uh, more care and feeding. And generally speaking, they were more um, productive because, you know, they, they harness technology. So a lot of those, what we consider like good jobs in the past, they, they really got disrupted because of technology. Mm-hmm. So what we're, what we're experiencing is the widening of that gap because a lot I won't even I won't I won't call it menial, but I'll say a lot of these more mechanical, laborious jobs, they've they've been disrupted by te- technology and automation and things of that nature. And what's left, you know, the stuff that hasn't been shipped overseas, what's left are um jobs that, you know, basically, you know, not trying to be derogatory, but What's left for, for for the masses of the people are jobs that, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's jobs that don't require a lot of skill, a lot of thought. You can find those in mass. But let, let me hit you with something, man, from from a spiritual perspective. And this escapes people as well. <clears throat> You know, scriptures say, you know, you got to study to, to show thyself approved. One of the reasons why our people fall behind is because we do not want to put forth the effort to think. And we continue to, even when we do think, we continue to think like individuals. Because to your point earlier, well, you got a lot of these um uh, foreigners, and you have a lot of, you know, these, uh, you know, Ashkenazi uh, folks that, you know, they're peeping out these opportunities, and they're jumping on them, excuse me, understand that if you go out there and you try to do that same thing as an individual, and you are going up against a body, you ain't even got to be a body politic. If, if it's a body politic, you ain't got no damn shot, period. But if this two of them to one of you, you're going to get steamrolled every time because it's power in numbers and they can pool their resources. And that's part of what we're supposed to be doing here. We're supposed to be in the mind state to where we pool our resources to go out and acquire assets that actually, well, assets, right? Not, you know, not, not debt or what most people consider as assets. I'm, I'm, I'm saying acquire a possession that is actually going to, um, you know, distribute um, income to the owners. And that kind of dovetails into, I think, what what Minister uh, Shedrick alluded to earlier with respect to creation, um, being a creator. Um, You know, in this economy, it's great to be 
a creator, but you can amass serious wealth and you ain't got to create nothing. The only thing you need to do is have a security interest in something that has been created. So from that standpoint, it's pretty easy to turn around your financial situation. Again, you just got, you got to think, you know, and, and our people don't want to do that. Also, with respect to, you know, what's going on in, you know, the West Coast, you know, with the housing crisis or what have you, I mean, you got to think about this. One, one of uh, the indicators for that, uh, that poverty, not, not being able to cross a, a particular poverty threshold, like even in the bankruptcy laws, your income, if you're going to file bankruptcy, I, I know I was looking at it in Georgia, your income is, or, or your position um, from a standpoint of insolvency, one of the tests is your income versus the um, median income in that state. And they treat you differently based on whether or not you hire a lower than that. So when you're trying to, trying to um, get a poverty determination, especially in a state like California, you got to understand $100,000 is no money. I mean, that sounds like, oh, that, that sounds like a lot of money. But when you got people out there with income in multi million, the, the multi-million dollar range of incomes, and your income is at $100,000, and you're being measured against people that make multiple millions of dollars a year, it is definitely, because at, at the end of the day, it's going to always get down to supply and demand. And if you bidding on a property and you only got $100,000 worth of, worth of pool and you bid against somebody with two or three million disposable, I mean, yeah, you, you're going to be living probably in a, out of storage unit. So the, the thing to understand with that, though, is that that is another that is another indicator from on high to say that you have to grow, you have to improve, and you have to take your perfection on this plane of existence seriously. If you've been, this is one of the um, one of the epiphanies that I even had that has really um, gone a long way. Obviously, that coupled with you know, the teachings that um, we, we've been blessed to have within the nation. Um, one of the things that kind of pushed me along my evolutionary path was when my daughter um, graduated high school and my nephew, because they're like born in the same year, just different parts, and they started working, you know. And I've been having um, Mr. Priest beat this into my head that going and begging for bread from a foreigner, that's not, that, that's not natural. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I mean, he didn't, he didn't say anything. Um, you know, he tried to be ginger with it. it was, it's been a couple of years since we had that conversation. He tried to be ginger with it, but he planted the seed, and, man, that, that thing has become an oak in my mind such that I, I, I really got to a place to where I detested having to get up and go work for some damn foreigners. I mean, it's, it's, you know, brothers, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say this because a lot of times what trips us up is 
we try to rush the process. I don't know if anybody like follows basketball, but I love basketball. I love football, but I love basketball too. And um, I've been very entertained by how people want to talk down and critique what Philadelphia was doing as far as going through losing and acquiring assets, you know, to try to become competitive and win a championship. And they say, well, it's a process. And so, from my from my perspective, I know what you know the steps are you know in the nation what we're supposed to do on the path to nationalization. I, I get that from a general um, way in a general way, and I know everybody has their own perspective on it. It's like you know, brother priest, to lay it out, and you know we may not see we we may see all the steps, but we may not see the same order in getting from point A to point B, or we may not see, even on that path, certain steps may be more of an obstacle for one man versus another man. And so my thing was, again, you know, just having these discussions, it, it was just, just thinking about it, it was, it was certain steps that I felt like was out of order. I, well, I, I wouldn't even say out of order. I don't think Priest has given us anything out of order. It's just for your own particular situation, your order may be different. Because my thing is, I understand what slavery is. I understand what bond servitude is. So just from a spiritual perspective, it's like, you know, Brother Priest said, well, yeah, you, you can do this and um, – you can actually enforce this on the job, but in a deeper way, I process that like like after that, like later, once that that had a chance to kind of like you know work on my psychology. My thing is, if you a bond servant of the Most High, you should not have to go out and operate as a employee. You you, you shouldn't be doing that. Facts. I mean, I, I I get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you you can, I can go out. I can give them my um my declaration of faith. You know, I can um you know show them my um affidavit of true name. Well, yeah, y'all got it. Man, why the hell am I going out trying to advocate to right. the master? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Why am I going out trying to say, well, you need to correct this? Because at, at the end of the day, again, it is a denotation of your spiritual growth and development. And what I'm saying is, is that you are absolutely right. I, I, there, there is, is change of foot. And if our people, bottom line is, is that if our people don't develop, they're going to get destroyed. You've got to develop. You cannot continue to operate. You cannot continue to operate in a mode where, and they're and they're showing you this. You you 120 hours. You got people that actually have a hard time getting somebody to pay them for 20 hours now, because again, uh-huh. things have be people are forced. You know, these employers are forced to do way more with less. So so they'll keep. You know, because of the the, the public policies, um, you know, around um, healthcare benefits, they will get rid of the majority of the staff, enough people that are needed to make 
pro, um, make operations efficient, they won't do that. They, they'll cut the staff in half and they'll work the devil out of the people that's left. And so the thing is, is that you may be able to get 40 hours, but in, in a lot of those roles, you, you're going to be so tired that, you, <laughs> you know, once you get paid, For real. you're not going to be able to spend it. You know, and so the thing is, is is that, again, it is you have to create a bond servant. That's what you got to do. A bond servant, like you can have an actual flesh and blood living soul bond servant, or you can have a, again, a security interest and something that you can derive a regular income from. It functionally is the same thing. Uh-huh. Facts. And so what has to happen for people to survive, one, we got to start, one, we got to get to the standpoint to understand that, you know what, I cannot scale myself physically, but I can damn sure scale myself mentally. So I got to start thinking differently. That's 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 number one. The second thing is is that again from an income standpoint, you know, I'm getting I'm getting old, I'm getting tired. I, I need to figure out, you know, how I'm going to derive some income before I choke the hell out of somebody because I, yeah. I, I I'm just getting paid. I'm 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 too long in the tooth to continue to deal with this going about it in an active way. I gotta sow some seeds, and I gotta do this passively. And the other other thing is, is like I said, with my with my daughter, you know, like like I I would hear a lot of a lot of people say, well, you know, if you and if, if you're in the club, and your daughter or your son, hello, yeah, Can I be heard? we here, brother. Yes, sir. Okay, here, brother. Okay, if if you're in the club. And then your child, you start partying with your with your with your child. Something is wrong because that means that your development stops somewhere. You start progressing somewhere. So mm-hmm. I, I I took that. I heard that a long time ago. You know, as a as a, a young, a very young, maybe maybe in my teenage years. And I thought about that again, coupled with what the minister priest um, said about you know about um you know servitude. <clears throat> I'm thinking. My daughter is now working a job, four dollars a week. Mm. My nephew is now working a job. Now you got a twenty-one year head start on them, and you still working a job. What what what's wrong, brother? Mm. These are the conversations I'm having with myself, and mm. so that <laughs> so that is really what um, pushed me. To start looking for these other opportunities because again the thing is is you know going out and you know sitting on a plantation you don't have you you do not have to do that I mean I, I I've come across some stuff and I'm just betting it I'm testing it making sure I understand it before I bring it you know before the before the uh, the body but uh-huh. even if you are serving we we don't even have put it this way. I, I'm so sure at this point that we can do this. I, I will go on record for saying this. I believe that anybody that, and and I believe this before, but I even believe it more strongly um, than ever now. 
if you sell dope, you need to be put to death. Because on this land, it, it's, it's way too many legal hustles where uh-huh. you can actually generate more money, you right. can generate more abundance, and you never have to make yourself a target. You never have to take the risk of losing your liberty. You just got to think, and our people don't want to think. Facts. And so, I mean, I mean, what, what's, so, what's so difficult about, I mean, damn, man, you don't have to create nothing. You have to know how to contract. You have to know how to get with somebody and have a meeting of the mind. You have to learn negotiation skills. You got to learn how to present yourself so you can secure that right, so you can secure that income. Because I, I tell people, man, I, 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 I'm in a mindset. I try to tr- speak my reality into, into existence, I, and that is powerful. I stop being so negative, even towards my own self. You got to stop being negative towards yourself before you can do it towards other people. In, in, your, your mind all the time will come up, come up with reasons why you can't do this or you can't do that or you can't succeed. Quiet is kept. Keep it quiet. You know, those, those things that, you know, expand your awareness and those things that speak life into your spirit, you know, to continue to, um, you know, press forward until your objective is met, those, those are the things you want to utter. When you start doing it for yourself, you do it for other individuals. And that's how you actually, over the long run, that's how you actually start knocking out these goals. Uh-huh. So. Again, I, I I think I I kind of got um, long winded. Uh-uh, but, bro. Uh uh-uh. uh. But the the, the, the very refreshing, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> but the the thing is, brothers, I mean, just listening, you know, I I <laughs> just listening to. I, I'm I'm gonna say this, you know, and I I, I can't speak too too much deeper into it at this point in time but we got all all we need is us we everybody that's on this line we got all the tools that we need on this line and and i hear it every time we get on the phone the subject matter that we're discussing the insight and and just the 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 care and the concern and the thought behind the discussions that we having brothers we're going to be all right. Just, you know, persevere, stay diligent, keep doing, you know, what you're doing. And, I, and I'm saying this to y'all, but I'm, I'm saying it to myself as well. Keep doing what you're doing and just understand that, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a process. But we, we have the awareness, you know, we have the um, insight, and not only that, we have the damn interest. A lot of these individuals, you know, a, a lot of folks, man, success eludes them because they say they want to be successful, but they really don't have an interest in it. They want uh-huh. something for nothing, or they want to wait until you take all the damn risk. Uh-huh. And then once you done took all the risk, then they want to come right. in and piggyback off your effort. Uh-huh. That's a fact. But it, it's it's refreshing. To man, it's refreshing to be on um, the line 
with you all because, you know, I, I'm just like, I know that for us to be successful, it's going to have to be a group effort. It's going to be a team effort. If you look at what's going on, um, you know, I hear people being successful in business. Nobody's really going about this stuff by themselves. I mean, even if even if it's as small as a husband and wife team, it's still more than one person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's groups. It's groups. Right. So, you know, we got to understand that, you know, the path forward for us is to continue. You know, we got we got to get more aggressive. Uh, we got to continue to uh, push the envelope, and we just have to study and fellowship and 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 talk. We have to talk because in in talking, it's like if I got a, a thought in my mind, one of the measures for whether or not it's actually rational is for me to be able to communicate it to you and and for you to have you actually understand it. You know that that that's how you build. So, but that doesn't happen, you know, if everybody's operating a silo. So, um, again, it's just refreshing to be, um, you know, in a in a in a body and 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 particularly in a in a cipher where the the raw uh, intelligence and intellect is there, um, and we and we're not starting from ground zero. I mean, that that is that's actually a comforting feeling. So. I'll yield right, um, right there. Shalom. 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 for that, brother. Yeah, man. Nah, man. Listen, we on this line to build the cipher up. We on this line to learn from each other. We on this line to grow. We on this line to build. We on this line to make this thing happen, man. You know, priest gave us the key, man. And you know what I'm saying? Us brothers here, like you mentioned, man, you all got we all got that intellect, man. Like, you know, just listening to you yourself speak, man, and how you break things down, brother. Like, man, listen, you know, you, you definitely you got it, brother. You got it. Listening to, you know, brother Shedrick, man, his questions, his insightfulness, his intelligence, just the way he, he manufactures the question and reasons with it and, you know, has a clear understand. you know what I'm saying, with clarity. We got it, man. Brothers like Brother Bernard, man, coming with the how to be able to, you know, drop the, you know, the investment flow, how we be able to, you know, get away from, you know, have certain type of functionalities to be able to create mechanisms that we can get ourselves outside of these jobs and his perspective, you know, bringing, you know, all you brothers do too, you know what I'm saying, that the spiritual kick with it also. You know what I'm saying? We got Brother Kedrick, you know, who got, you know what I'm saying, the, you know, he's an elder, of course, but his wisdom is, you know what I'm saying, him dropping the bars, his experiences throughout life, you know, and dropping the jewels that he drops. Uh, Brother Hakeem, you know what I'm saying, his insightfulness, you know what I'm saying, how he brings things out and he reasons with the information, just the fact of how he reasons with it, how he, you know, be able to try to, like, uh, just his thought process, he's how he's able to reason with the information. And you just see, you know, it's just insightful. All of us, us brothers, man, I'm telling you, man, you know, we, we got it, man. We got it. We just got to, you still got to keep pushing. You still got to keep moving. Got to still keep growing. We almost there, man. We almost there. You know what I'm saying? You know, like I said, for myself, man, you know, 
in the learning process, bro. Like, you know, I'm just trying to, like, you know, the brother mentioned, I'm trying to think my way out of this too. You know what I'm saying? Not just to just, just move around, you know, just doing it. I'm trying to understand the mechanics of a lot of these things, understand the mechanics, what thing, type of things go, you know, how these things, how we can be able to use those mechanisms here to be able to help us to, you know, be a functional entity, man. You know what I'm saying? Putting my piece with the rest of the body, you know what I mean? Like everybody brings their their little perspective, their expertise. We all bring it one together and we form like Voltron and we make moves, man. We can make it happen. I, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what we got to do, man. I'm just honored to be. I've been saying this since I've been coming in here, man. I'm honored to be around you brothers, man. Thankful that priest, you know, let me come through and let me come be to be a part of this. Ta-da, brother. Ta-da for all of you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just honored to be, I'm just honored to be here, man. You know what I'm saying? Because when you think about, like, a lot of our people, man, like, you know, like, it's just crazy, man. Like, the amount of stuff that's going on, and it's it's just an honor, man. It's just an honor. Thankful to all praises to the Most High Almighty, and He's able to gift us with, you know, this reasonable reason capacity to be able to put these pieces together. Because we, we're coming off of slavery, man. We're coming off of uh, we're removing them shackles mentally, you know, from the servitude and in a proper capacity to now getting to understand it, liberate ourselves, and really be able to uh, get from underneath the shackles of this beast, man. We're really trying to work on it here, and, you know, I believe we can do it. So I definitely appreciate Brother Lynn for bringing that, brother. You definitely set the tone in a lot of ways, man, for the class, man. I got to give you honors, brother, definitely. You know what I'm saying? But well as you brothers too, brother Shedrick, man, brother Hakeem, both brothers, man. I gotta, I give you brothers honest, man. Definitely, we gotta make this happen. But I'm gonna go ahead and open the floor, leave the floor for anybody else. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing. Um, we, uh, not we. Uh, I uh, saw on, I think it was on Google News feed, and I'm not sure which uh, news source it was. Um, but I want to look into it some more. But they are saying now that online um, stores, so to speak, they can now the tax. Uh, yes, so you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay, mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure that that goes on the record because I know that you know we'll have future listeners. But yeah, now they're you know saying that online stores can charge a state tax. I mean, no, a sales tax. I'm sorry. Uh, if you're out of state or something like that. And I was like, like, I guess that can work for and against you. There's a duality to it, I guess you can say. And and I'm only putting that out there because I know that eventually with us eventually exploring with some form of entrepreneurship, online will probably be one of those places where we will be dealing with entrepreneurship, and we definitely may have to be uh, – uh, exposed to, you know, exacting some form of sales tax to, you know, certain foreign entities, and then maybe within the, you know, I guess you can say within the flow of it all, 
still instituting the same principles that we learn here at Tribes about not charging usury against your fellow brothers and, you know, sisters mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. On that, I yield. Ah, definitely, brother. So I for that, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, I heard about that myself too, man. And there's some a lot of things that is on the table also. They're trying to, you know, challenge that with like a lot of jurisdictional issues and other different uh, things that they're trying to put on the table with that. But I definitely heard about that, and that's something that um, perhaps, you know, like you said, like you mentioned, man, you're probably going to go ahead and um, have to do the e-commerce route. There may be a situation where we have to um, go that route and specifically dealing with how everything is about to change up. Um, you know, like the paradigm shift that's, you know, about to come up. Um, that's some pertinent information. So yeah. Yeah, man. That's 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 some some stuff you definitely gotta check out man, and look into and see what's gonna happen with that. You know, <clears throat> definitely. Anybody else have anything? I have a question. One more uh, thing. I don't because I don't um, uh, know if anybody's been necessarily keeping up with it, but I just want to throw it out there just kind of see where everybody's thoughts are. So Terry Crews, the you know, some time ago he announced that you know he was a part of the whole Me Too movement and he was groped uh, by one of the I guess you could say executive producers in Hollywood or someone like that in front of his wife. Now he, I think he's now testifying, um, he's now testifying against the man and he stated that the, they, uh, someone from uh, within that circle told Terry Crews that he needs to drop the charges or drop the case, the civil suit against the guy or he's going to suffer some vague troubles, <laughs> whatever that means. And um, I don't necessarily um, – I guess, you know, now with the media al- allowing us to view these celebrities and seeing so much of Hollywood and quote-unquote rituals and how these things may or may not play out, you know that can that statement can be taken many different ways, but it's just the the whole situation with him now testifying uh, uh, against someone who um, controls a bit of some resources in Hollywood, and you know there's this you know conversation that we had about us being uh, um, having this disposition about uh, a certain type of status us allowing ourselves to be complacent as, you know, being, I hate to try to use, I hate to use this word, but uh, being complacent with being a slave, so to speak. And um, I do want to say that in light of the situation, he was offered some roles um, that uh, that uh, that's supposed to be coming out. Um, it's a movie that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon, but he turned it down considering the civil suit that was supposed to be uh, 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 going on right about now. Uh, But it's like I take everything that was said 
uh, with respect to Brother uh, Minister Lynn when he was talking about the whole mindset of our people um, and how we operate in this system when it comes to uh, eventually pulling away from a system that, you know, puts you in a situation where you you just are complacent with this idea that you have to, uh, you know, endure the sufferings, even when they are extremely harsh and they go against all kinds of, you know, principles of morality. You know, this brother, he is saying now that, hey, you know, regardless of what is going on, you know, and whatever movie roles is being offered, I can't sit by and, you know, allow someone to touch me in front of my wife in a way that's, you know, that's sexually suggestive and then turn around and, you know, complain about it to my wife and my friends, but then turn around and, you know, go and act all masculine in a movie because they're paying me. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, I guess I'll just get straight to the question. I you know, what are you guys' thoughts? I'm pretty sure it'll be similar to what we've already discussed, but in light of that situation, what are you guys' thoughts about him going forward and then basically saying, you know, you know, I'm not going to be subjected to that type of behavior, and if it causes some quote-unquote uh, vague troubles, then I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts about that? Yeah, man, I mean, the way I look at a lot of these, you know, athletes, and I think, you know, we pretty much, you know, some, you know, other brothers may have a different perspective on it. This is my perspective on it. I look at it like, you know, and I, I also go back to the the kind of the uh, show that I did on the workers' rights um, because, you know, a lot of these celebrities, you know, a lot of the um, athletes and, these actors and stuff like that. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of them, depending upon how they contract, you know what I'm saying? A lot of situations, they're still employees. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, going back to the workers' rights situation where they pretty much are rigging the game and, you know, kind of in that situation, they kind of mess with your wages. They can kind of, you know, discriminate and kind of, you know, commit any type of ethics violations that they want to have. Plus, you got to look at the situation of, from the standpoint of the monopolistic standpoint that exists, uh, you know, within that realm to where, you know, and also from the faction of um, even if he tries to do it in a lot of situations, I think that, um they're going to keep on trying to delay it, delay it, delay it, delay it. So that this way he won't, he'll run and exhaust a lot of his resources to be able to uh, litigate against that type of juggernaut. So it's like more so of, you know, a mixture of, to me personally, a mixture of um, a situation where he's being violated by the employer and there's kind of a, you know, uh, a verbal whooping, which is clear equivalent to like a threaten to whip the lashes against him. But it's also a situation in which it's a threat to let them know, listen, you can't compete with us. You are still a slave and you were just one individual, you know, and all your other friends, comrades, 
they're not going to step forward because they know that they'll get their behinds whooped. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way I look at it, man. I look at it from an employer-employee standpoint to where, you know, it's, it's, it's acting like that. That's just my piece. How you? Islam, this is Auckland. Um, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it, it really is a employer-employee relationship. So, you know, you know, that's that's pretty much how it goes. I mean, it may not may not be as clear cut. Um, Something because, you know, he's considered a, you know, a movie star or a star or actor or what have you. But at the end of the day, he's not in control of the means of of production. He's not putting up any of the resources. You know, he's just a cog in a in a in a big wheel. And uh, you know. Again, it just goes back to what we said. You as an individual versus the machine, or, or you as the member versus the body. I mean, you're gonna get run over every time. You know, it, it's um, you know. But the other thing with that as well, I mean, it it, it kind of goes back to what I said with respect to not knowing the lay of the land and not not knowing the um, you know, the rules of play and if you're to to me the reason why that comes up i mean even with with what was going on with that me too movement <clears throat> fundamentally these are issues of contract and specifically adhesion contracts because when somebody says Okay, I'm I'm going to afford you the benefit of um, some mentorship, um, access to my contacts, things of that nature. I mean that that has a value. It has a value to you. And the thing is, is when you are, for lack of a better word, that thirsty to where you will lay down your morals and your values. I mean, at the end of the day, that's something that you're entering into because that's you. So to come back, you know, after the fact, 20, 25, 30 years later, you know, just like what what they did with with Cosby. I mean, I'm not trying to absolve Cosby, but I mean, come on, man. Everybody knew that Bill Cosby was married. He'd been married for a long time. So if he tells you that, you know, I want to meet you in my hotel room at 2:30 in the morning, I mean, you you got a decision to make. And so what I'm seeing, um, what I'm seeing at large in this country, I mean, they they're damn near trying to legislate the fact that or they're trying to assert the right to sue somebody because they offend you. Not that they actually even cause you any real damage, but because you felt the 
offended by someone's statement, that's enough to launch a, a, a legal action against that individual. And so, I mean, I look at all of this stuff personally, and personally I look at all of it, and I'm like, I understand what the public and the private is. The public is a madhouse, and it's an insane asylum, and I want no parts of it. That's, that's the reason why I'm doing everything I can to not be beholden, having to to be plugged into that. I want, I want to be as far away from it as possible. And so the thing is, is, you know, with what goes on, you know, even in Hollywood, that's that's been going on for thousands of years. I mean, that's some old deviant Greek behavior. That's what it is. You know, they they would practice the same thing, take these young boys and, and, and you know, violate them. It's, it's a... a from their perspective, it's commerce, but, you know, in exchange for that, you know, those sick, twisted, <laughs> in, in exchange for that, you know, I'm going to um, give you an education so that you can go out here and eat. So what's the difference between what they was doing then and what the, what they're doing now? You know, you got to have enough. And the other thing is, is that, you know, what, 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 how do you perceive a parent that would actually give themselves over to give, give their their offspring over to a master, knowing that that's what's getting ready to happen? There's a different attitude, but but my point is is that the same thing is still happening. You go into that environment, you know. I've heard guys say that. There, there's, there's no um, body in Hollywood, male or female, that hasn't gone through that. They, they, they get you to, to, you know, practice some Greek behaviors. You know, and I, I don't know how, how, how true it is, but you know, they say, you know, for Negro actors, ain't, ain't nobody has been able to be successful without doing that. And to some degree, I kind of believe it because. <laughs> You know, I look at what, uh, what again, just my personal opinion, but I look at what Dave Chappelle went through. You know, he was one of the only comics I think I ever have, um, I can recall, that never put on a dress um, at, at one point in time in his career. You know, and if you go back to, you know, all of these other comics, you know, Martin, um, Flip Wilson, you know, uh uh, Richard Pryor, yeah, others they 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 you know emasculated themselves to eat, and Dave wouldn't do it, you know. But I I think with um with with Terry, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just you know kind of hope the best for him because I mean he's he's a good actor, he's a funny guy, and. But the thing is, is that you you got to know you got to know what venue you're in, man. You know, and Revelations tells you clearly. Um, you know, when you're you 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 either are. Let me find this because I don't I don't want to misquote this because this is like the perfect verse. 
and 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 this is like I said, this is a this is a awareness thing. We got to really, you know, it 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 makes no, um, it, it gains you nothing. It profits you nothing to gain the world and lose your soul, man. It, it really don't. Um, where in the world? Look for for the King James. Hold up. One second, guys. Brothers. You said you have a brother, Hakeem? Shalom. So I'm still processing. So I, won't, I, won't, I won't add my thoughts right now. Yeah, okay. All right. So Re- Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So, again, you got to know what venue you're operating in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got to be conscious of that because your result is going to be the same whether you're conscious of, of it or not. And you you can't plead um, ignorance. You know, you can't you, – you, you're really not in a position when, – when you're in a war-like mind state, you're not in a position to really have a, a grievance when you never really had the – you never really pursue the ability to be able to know what you were getting into. You didn't pursue it. It's not that it that it wasn't available, you know, because the scriptures also say that um, you know my people perish for lack of knowledge. But why do they perish for from that lack of knowledge? It's because they reject knowledge. You know, our people reject it, and we kind of want to. You know, like like uh, Cypher said in the Matrix, man. I know this ain't a state, but uh. so when you gonna plug me back in? <laughs> you know, he he willingly willingly wants to to not have to deal with being accountable. So uh, I'll I'll deal with that. Minister Cedric, yeah. Yes, sir. I'm here. Yeah, brother. Uh, you had, you posed the question. I was just trying to make sure, like, the floor is yours. Oh no, I I, I thought that was great feedback from both of you guys, and um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it just you know, brief. I'll just say uh, vaguely. It just really just speaks to um, us. Um, as a people and us really trying to understand what our purpose is now um, with this 
news, this this good news that's, you know, traveling across the world now and is also being confirmed of who we are and, you know, all, all of the things that are going on around us is very is a clear indication of how um how much we need to know about the system so that we can know how to move. Um, I think that maybe some, you know, some people are waking up into a situation where maybe they found out a little bit too late. Um, For some people, it's just not too late. For some people, it will be too late. Um, And most of that just is, you know, I guess you can say, uh, the time in it all really just comes to, uh, um, or comes from what Brother Minister just stated, you know, how aware we are and, you know, our ability to think. <laughs> um, when are we going to start thinking about the things that we are doing or putting ourselves in? And when are we going to start becoming more aware about uh, the the courts that we're playing in? Um you know, everyone wants to play basketball or they want to play the basketball game, but they don't want to play by the rule. So if the home court is going to, the home court is going to play by, the, you know, by a specific set of rules and you expect to play there and you don't want to play by the court rules, you know, you may eventually lose. You know, but when you follow the rules of the game and you play according, there, you play according to their, uh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the the atmosphere changes because now there's a greater chance for you to win. Um, that's just a little logic that I just you know that I'm using to reassure you know myself of what exactly is going on around me. But other than that, you know, you guys answered you know my question perfectly fine, and I yield her. An eye for that, brother. Yeah, man. And I mean, you took me some interesting points right there. And that's pretty much, uh, that's that's one of the main components that we definitely got to arm ourselves with, definitely. Uh, another component in addition to the economic and political component is definitely um, how to handle ourselves in matters of law. And what you just stated was just, you know, absolutely right on the money. You know what I'm saying? And what, you know, the minister mentioned in terms of venue, you know what type of venue you're dealing with. It's the same thing when you're being challenged or you're being uh, dealt with from an opposing party. Definitely have to understand the venue and how to ascertain that it's the proper venue and that that venue has proper jurisdiction over the situation or matters at hand. In this situation, they got all kinds of matters of jurisdiction over the brother. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, he is at a losing cause, you know what I'm saying? Automatically by, act, you know, certain ways of him, his consent, his voluntary consent. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, crazy. Bill Akeem, man, what's up, man? Got anything? One drop? Um, so I was going to ask Brother Cedric, did you uh, see this on your um, Facebook feed or where where did you come across? Oh, um, I have a Google News app, and uh, Google News 
uh, they call it Google Newsstand sometimes, or most well, they renamed it Google Newsstand now. Um, and they'll have like a plethora of outlets like uh, the New York Times, the LA Times, uh, Wall Street Journal, so on and so forth. It's just basically all of those new online newspapers packed into an app. And I get these like notifications from different, you know, news outlets on that one app about where these stories are. And I saw it on there. And it popped up on my um on my app. Toda. No problem. How are you? Sir, Toda for that brother. Uh, let me see. Anybody else have anything they want to drop? I just want to say that I enjoyed the class. You guys were awesome, and I yield. But ah, brother, likewise, likewise, man. It's always, man, it's always healthy discussion. It's always some type of bars brothers be dropping, man. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I learn every, something new each class, you know, um, including, you know, when the brother priest is here and everything like that, man. I mean, man, listen, like I said before, I can't say it any better, man, like, we on that right path, man. We on that right path, bro. You know. But um, anybody else have anything they want to drop? Slam, um, brother Robert. So earlier was that a a Newsweek article where you was talking about the uh, Bay Area? Um, hold on. You know what? I'm gonna tell you with the article. Let me see. Hold on one second, brother. Let me find that article right now. Uh, yeah, it was on. Can you hear me? Kind. Okay, okay. It was on. KTVU Fox 2. That's where the article was. I think this is a new station out there in California. I usually have a, a lot of um, these news stations from different geographic regions so I could kind of be abreast of a regional, region by region type of situation or things that are transpiring, especially considering that we got brothers and sisters in the nation and if we ever had to create something to which um uh would would help render certain situations or could help try to help our people um in any type of situation whether it be natural disasters whether it be um outages or things of that could particular capacity we could kind of I could kind of be somewhat abreast of what's going on um so that this way maybe one day when we get the opportunity we can create mechanisms to be able to you know help our brothers and sisters in different geographic areas wherever they're located not saying that we don't do it now it's just just saying like um we can create some mechanisms to make sure our brothers and sisters wherever they're located are okay and we're abreast just in case you know, situations turn up where 
you know, we don't hear from brothers and sisters and, you know, we're not sure of the whereabouts and if it's a power outage, why this person, you know, um, calling their phones and, you know, hearing from them, things like that. I just kind of like to have um, different news stations from different geographic regions. But, yes, KTVU Fox 2. That's where the article was. Ta-da. Yes, sir, brother. Ta-da. All right. Anybody else? Anything? All right. So what we'll do is we'll adjourn the class for today. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, the time is now 10.28 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This has been the Third Degree Aboriginal Academy class. Um, my brother Robert Ben-Israel signing off with the brother Akiyam to say shalom, shalom. Shalom, brother, and thank shalom. you. Shalom, no doubt. Shalom.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.